Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Albany Update. In this week's program, we'll offer a review of last week's election results. We'll look at not only the statewide races, but also what we know about the congressional races across the Empire State. Also, there were multiple pro-life ballot proposals in various states during the midterm elections. Sadly, none fared well. The pro-life community needs to ask themselves why and recalibrate to our current reality before we forge ahead. Finally, there is some news on court challenges to Governor Kathy Hochul's gun control law. Churches will be particularly interested in what these rulings will mean for their security teams. Let's get started. On November 8th, Democratic candidates prevailed in New York's elections to the positions of governor and lieutenant governor, attorney general, comptroller, and U.S. senator. Governor Kathy Hochul and Lieutenant Governor Antonio Delgado defeated the Republican ticket of Representative Lee Zeldin and Allison Esposito 53-47%. to 47%. Governor Hochul is the first woman to be elected governor in the history of the state. Attorney General Letitia James was elected to a second term, beating Republican Michael Henry 53-45%. to 45%. Comptroller Tom DiNapoli was elected to a fifth term, prevailing over Republican Paul Rodriguez by a 55-42% to 42% margin. Finally, U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer defeated Republican Joe Pinion 55-43% to 43% to win election to his fifth Senate term. The 2022 election for governor of New York was highly unusual. No Republican candidate has been elected to statewide office in New York since 2002. Over the past four election cycles, Democratic gubernatorial candidates prevailed by comfortable margins. Initially, this year's election was expected to fit the same mold. Governor Hochul amassed a large campaign war chest and Representative Zeldin, a pro-life, pro-gun congressman known as a strong supporter of former President Donald Trump, was believed by some to be too conservative to seriously threaten a well-funded Democrat in a blue state like New York. Furthermore, a midsummer snafu regarding petition signatures harmed Representative Zeldin's cause by preventing him from appearing on the Independence Party's ballot line. Nevertheless, Governor Hochul's advantage in the polls dramatically shrank as Election Day approached. Representative Zeldin's tough-on-crime message was resonating with many New York voters. On October 22nd, Politico published an article entitled New York's Governor's Race Takes Sudden Turn After Zeldin Surge. The article reported that polls showed the race tightening, maybe to low single digits, uncomfortably close for Democrats after two decades of statewide dominance in New York. The race began to receive national attention due to Representative Zeldin's unexpected competitiveness. Politico added that voters' concerns about crime and the economy had led Governor Hochul to shift the focus of her campaign. In the days leading up to the election, the New York Post noted that former President Bill Clinton, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, Vice President Kamala Harris, and President Joe Biden all have tried to come to Hochul's rescue by appearing at campaign events as Zeldin catches up to her in the polls. While Governor Hochul hung on for a narrow victory over Representative Zeldin, this year's election was the closest gubernatorial election in New York since 1994. Following her victory, the governor commented, Given a choice, New Yorkers refuse to go backwards on our long march toward progress. The glass ceiling has finally been shattered in the state of New York, and you made it happen. In a statement, Representative Zeldin said, 
New Yorkers of all walks of life are sick of the attacks on their wallets, their safety, their freedoms, and the quality of their kids' education, and are hitting their breaking point, as proven by these results. While this campaign has come to a close, the rescue mission to save our state continues. Well, what about Congress? 26 elections to the U.S. House of Representatives were held in New York on Election Day. City and State New York pointed out that this year, New York became a battleground for the House of Representatives after redistricting, and a handful of electoral reshuffling left a large number of seats up for grabs. As of November 9th, the outcome of the national battle for control of the House remains unknown. However, winners have been determined in 25 of New York's 26 congressional races. Currently, New York's congressional delegation consists of 17 members, 19 Democrats, and 8 Republicans. New York lost a seat in the House following the 2020 U.S. Census. Beginning in 2023, the Empire State will have only 26 seats in the House. Democratic candidates prevailed in 15 New York congressional elections on Election Day, while Republicans won 10. As of November 9th, the election in New York's newly redrawn 22nd Congressional District remains too close to call, with Republican Brandon Williams leading Francis Canole by a narrow margin. Overall, New York voters were favorably disposed toward incumbent members of Congress this year. 19 congressional incumbents, 15 Democrats and 4 Republicans, sought re-election in New York, and 18 prevailed. In the seven elections that did not feature an incumbent, Republicans won five, Democrats won only one, and one in New York 22 remains outstanding. Non-incumbents who prevailed on Election Day include Democrat Dan Goldman, a Democrat from New York 10, Republicans Nick Lota of the 1st Congressional District, George Santos in New York 3, Anthony Desposito in New York 4, Michael Lawler in New York 17, Mark Molinaro in New York 19, and Nick Langworthy in the 23rd Congressional District. Without question, the biggest news coming out of New York's congressional elections is the defeat of Representative Sean Patrick Maloney, a Cold Spring Democrat, by Republican Assemblyman Michael Lawler, a Pearl River Republican. This occurred in New York's 17th Congressional District. Maloney is a five-term incumbent who chairs the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Despite the advantages of incumbency, name recognition, and national connections, Representative Maloney was plagued by controversies this year. After running a campaign that focused heavily on inflation and public safety, Assemblymember Lawler narrowly prevailed. TheHill.com reported that Assemblyman Lawler's victory marks the first general election defeat for a campaign chair of either party since 1980, calling Representative Maloney's loss, quote, a major blow to the party and a stunning defeat for the man charged with propelling other House Democrats to victory, end quote. Politico.com described Representative Maloney's ouster as a humiliating loss for Democrats. As the Associated Press noted, Republicans did well in the New York City suburbs in 2022. The party picked up two seats on Long Island and two more in the Hudson Valley. And while New York did not have a ballot proposal regarding life on our ballot during this midterm election, many other states did. And to put it mildly, Election Day 2022 was a setback for the pro-life movement in the U.S. Five states voted on abortion-related ballot measures on Election Day, and the pro-abortion side prevailed in all five. According to Politico, the states of California, Michigan, and Vermont voted to add legal protections for abortion, while voters in Kentucky and Montana 
rejected pro-life measures. Abortion advocates have been emboldened by these results and are reportedly strategizing about which other states could be ripe for the passage of pro-abortion ballot measures. Together with the defeat of a pro-life constitutional amendment in Kansas in August, the results of these five ballot measures show that the pro-life movement needs to get stronger, especially among young people. Furthermore, it appears that the abortion issue was a larger-than-expected priority for voters this year. Politico reported that according to one national exit poll, abortion was the biggest priority for 27% of voters, while 31% of voters listed inflation as their biggest priority. Also, about 60% of voters said they were dissatisfied or angry with the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. The pro-life movement may be getting over their skis in the life issue. We're running ahead of where the culture is, and we're going to have to return to changing hearts and minds before we can ever hope to have victory in electoral politics. And now, turning to another issue, since New York's Concealed Carry Improvement Act, or the CCIA, was passed in July 2022, multiple federal lawsuits have been filed by plaintiffs who claim that the law violates the right to bear arms guaranteed by the Second Amendment. The CCIA is dangerous for churches because it contains language prohibiting anyone other than law enforcement officers and paid security guards from carrying a concealed firearm in a house of worship. In recent days, two different federal judges have issued preliminary injunctions barring enforcement of the section of the CCIA relating to houses of worship. On November 4th, U.S. District Judge John L. Sinatra Jr. issued a preliminary injunction in the case of Hardaway v. Negrelli. The Hardaway lawsuit was brought by two Buffalo-area black pastors seeking to defend themselves and their congregants from a potential racially motivated attack. Their complaint cited the 2015 mass shooting at a Charleston, South Carolina church that killed nine people. According to the Lockport Union Sun and Journal, Judge Sinatra's preliminary injunction blocks the enforcement of the portion of the CCIA that makes it illegal to carry a concealed firearm in a house of worship. A few weeks ago, Judge Sinatra had issued a temporary restraining order preventing the enforcement of the Concealed Carry Improvement Act. The preliminary injunction will remain in effect until Judge Sinatra makes a final decision in the case. Noting that Judge Sinatra has appeared dismissive and openly hostile to the arguments being made by lawyers for the state, in this case, the Lockport Union Sun and Journal predicts that the judge will ultimately find the entire law unconstitutional on Second Amendment grounds. And in another related case on November 7th, U.S. District Judge Glenn Sutteby issued a preliminary injunction in the case of Antonuk v. Hochul. Judge Sutteby found many provisions of the Concealed Carry Improvement Act unconstitutional, including the provision banning concealed carry in houses of worship. The Albany Times Union described their preliminary injunction as a legal setback for Governor Kathy Hochul and state lawmakers, who quickly rewrote handgun licensing laws after the old ones were struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in June. Judge Sutteby's decision is preliminary, not final. The Antonuk lawsuit remains ongoing. The judge previously issued a temporary restraining order in the case. That order has been appealed. As we close the program today, it's probably appropriate that we offer a word of encouragement to listeners of this program. The results of the midterms were disappointing to many listeners of the Albany Update. Certainly there are those who had hoped for a clear and compelling Republican control in the U.S. House of Representatives, as well as the U.S. Senate. Others had hoped for statewide races for Representative Lee Zeldin and other candidates running on the Republican line. And those ballot proposals we discussed? 
well, there are folks there that we're hoping to pick up some wins. What can we learn from some of these losses that we can apply going forward? Well, there are multiple things, but one of the lessons we have to learn is that electoral politics cannot get ahead of where the culture is at. And I am a pro-life individual. I believe that life begins at the moment of conception. But I am afraid that we are getting over the skis, as I said earlier in the program. In other words, I think that we're putting too much stock into our personal positions on the issue and not spending enough time in winning the hearts and minds of the culture. If we hope to win on the ballot proposals, if we hope to win in various legislative, statewide races, and even congressional races, then we're going to have to pay attention to changing hearts and minds. I'm an incrementalist on this and many other issues. And what I mean by that is we have to be willing to take a few crumbs along the way until we ultimately have the whole loaf. But too often we go for the whole loaf and then we lose it all. When we think about politics, we have to remember that politics and the culture and these ideas are ways in which we have to come together to see what can be accomplished with the majority of people. It's coalition building. And as the pro-life movement moves forward, as the conservative movement moves forward, we're going to have to look to see where can we agree and work together in coalitions to accomplish common goals. If we insist on in being purists and only reaching out to those who will agree with us 100% of the time, well, we're going to have to get used to losing not only in ballot proposals, but also in electoral politics. Let's work together to advocate towards incremental change for our state and the nation. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate. Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.